another episode of Just Us Dads. Thank you for joining the Dadversation. Uh, George isn't with us today. We do have someone filling in, uh, and we'll get, we'll get to him in a second. Uh, before we do that, though, for if it's your first time, uh, head on over to YouTube, follow us, and also subscribe and like us on all other social media platforms, um, and obviously everywhere where you get your podcasts, you're going to find us there. Chris is here as always. George, like I said, is not with us. We got our friend Panos back. How's it going, guys? Feels good. Feels good to be back, boys. Thank you. Thank you, you know what? Uh, we had to bring you back, man. I got a message from Carl. I know. Well, you know what? It feels it feels nice to warm up that bench and actually get a chance to play again. Right. Awesome. Um, what did I what did I want to say? You obviously weren't here last week, uh, Pano, but um, we ended last week's episode on such a happy note. It was Halloween. Everyone was excited. You know, we're talking about our kids doing, you know, the activities that we we're going to do. Excited that we we're going to have candy in the house. The kids were all, you know, pumped about Halloween. A week later, and it's like chaos out there. You have psychopaths in Quebec City killing people. Uh, the U.S. election, which pretty much has us all stuck on the TV screen, it's been four days now. <laughs> Nobody knows what the hell is going on over there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, That's it's true. Insane, That's true. Man. It's insane. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk about Halloween. So that, just so we can get that out of the way. But uh, did you guys finally end up doing anything? Wait, 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 wait. What Halloween? Seriously, well, it, it wasn't canceled. I mean, uh, you know, no, no, forget about canceled, man. It, it for me this year, it was like it never happened. Isn't it sad though? And we said that last week too. The, 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 it was sad because for well, not a rare time, but I mean, it was on a Saturday. You know, what I mean, it's like the only time where really you could enjoy it with your kids. Yeah, that's what should excite you because it's on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, you, you can take all the time in the world. You can just, you know, plan anything you want. You can go to all your friends' house. You can go around the neighborhood. You don't care about sleeping in the next day. Kids don't have school. Uh, a bit sad. It, it was a bit sad. But look, some neighborhoods, like uh, around my, my in-laws, there was a lot of kids. Uh, there was a lot of kids in the streets. No, around, guys, our, I, around our neighborhood, there was dead. I don't know about you guys. No, us, us in our neighborhood, we, we live in a very young neighborhood so there's there's kids like the, i remember that when i'm when i moved here in saint dorothy um the first year i ran out of candy like 30 minutes in like it was crazy maybe you were too generous year, dude. with the kids what's that maybe you were too generous with the kids at the maybe corner. maybe <laughs> maybe i would see all these kids and i was getting excited i was giving them candy, but no but it's it, it there was a lot of kids there was police constantly stopping there was no cars passing it was like it was crazy and every year it's like that but this year guys it was like pff, wow nothing yeah. nothing crazy man what about park for us it's park x is like that yeah that's what i'm gonna say if if if, if i make a contrast when i was young and now it's almost like day and night but that's there used to be a park X though. It's not yeah, yeah. Now. There was uh, years now. Yeah, yeah. I think well in park X, obviously it's like with a growing Muslim population. They, they don't they don't really uh, they don't well they don't celebrate. I don't know if you call Halloween a celebration, but they don't celebrate Halloween. Yeah, they don't they don't participate in it. So there's less and less. But uh, this year it was inexistent. It just didn't for me. It just didn't happen. And you know what? I was teaching that day. And none of actually in one class, no one dressed up, and in one in the other class, 
one person dressed up. No they, one dressed up. Do, right? do they normally dress up? I mean, we're talking about adults, well, here, right? No, 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 guys, no, no, guys. Chris doesn't crazy. teach. Chris doesn't teach elementary <laughs> kids. Yeah, <laughs> there's like 20, 30 year olds. <laughs> no, no, there, there's, there's, there's all. Look, the element of Halloween is in everyone, man. Yeah. And obviously, it's different kind of parties. And I said, just to compensate for, for this year, this is what I told my wife. I'm like, no, you know what? Next year, we're doing an all-adult Halloween crazy bash. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I never, I always wanted to do it. And I'm not a big Halloween guy. I don't care. Yeah. It's just because there's no Halloween anymore, it makes me want to celebrate it more. You got to compensate next year. I got to compensate. Yeah, yeah. I got, I got to get it back. But guys, it was nothing. Nothing, I'll, nothing. I'll be honest. We're not very big with Halloween. And, and you, know, you know what's funny? When I was younger, they would take my mom would take me. Then I would go with my friends. Then we do the TMR thing, whatever. I, but it's funny. Ever since I stopped Halloweening, my parents every year they just close them. They would just close the shutters. You know, the lights are like put, put the curtains. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lights are out. They just didn't want to answer anybody. But this year I wanted to do it, even if it's from far. You can throw the candy. You can do whatever you want. You know what I even but did wanted you go to go out with your kids? No, no, no. Because I, I can't. I, I was teaching, but I wanted to build like this kind of cylindrical plastic thing that I can tie on the railing and just yeah, throw the candy. Yeah, yeah, like the pipe. But they had that. You know how many houses had that? Like I thought where my in-laws live, the, there were there were a lot of kids and there were people that, that got creative. They had little pipes <laughs> on the balcony. The guy would come uh, out of his door and slide them all the way down. I, I was thinking They would come, that. put their bags, they would get the candy and leave. Uh, yeah, no, there was a lot of original stuff. I saw a guy, he had put a clothesline from his house all the way to the end of the driveway. And he had hung, uh, like, every two meters or whatever, he had a bag. So whenever they would empty, he would just hang more. <laughs> and he would, he would You know what? It, it, it's thanks to guys like that to keep the spirit up, man. Yeah, man. Sure. Look, uh, look we, we, I don't know if we can relate because, again, me too, it's never been a big thing. I mean, maybe when we were younger, we were excited because we were in a little group and uh, it was fun. But I can't really tell you that I look forward to it. I mean, now with the kids, I mean, they get excited. We do stuff. I mean, they get dressed. It's fine. Kids love it, it's not like I'm super enthused about it either. I'm like, ah, okay, let's just deal. Let me ask you guys, did you guys do Mad Night? Do what? Mad Night. What's Mad Night? Yeah, yeah. Going out. Maybe for Halloween. Yeah, yeah. No. Egging houses. Uh, no, yeah. no. That's what, that's what I meant by TMR. <laughs> <laughs> you never did that, George? No. Yeah. Come on, man. Are you serious? No, yeah. come on, we, we, man. We, used to, we used to go to TMR, but it wasn't to destroy the people's property. We, we would go there because they had <laughs> candy. No, it wasn't destroying. Someone, you, someone, you, someone no, you would, you would oh, throw okay. uh, toilet paper rolls and stuff like that. Sorry, yeah. So it's yeah. not destroying. It's vandalizing or whatever the hell. Or egg, well, egging houses and cars. E egging, egging houses, houses and yeah. cars. Why would like it's stupid? You look back now. It's like what the hell, man? What's the point of throwing eggs at somebody's house? <laughs> no, but imagine you. Imagine it's your house, right? You're just sitting there, and you have some disturbed kids from across Lackety uh, who who have been brainwashed to think that the rich people are evil. Guys, <laughs> let me tell you, no, it wasn't about that. It was just, it, dude. It was it's just being it was being motivated by stupidity. That's all it was. Yeah. And you know what? I'm telling you, karma exists, and I'll tell you why. I used to go out of man night. I used to go egg houses and <laughs> egg cars. <laughs> I wake up one day. I had taken an R8 Audi home, and I used to work at Audi. Yeah. I wake up. It was, hot. It, was, it was obviously the 31st of October, the day before is man night. I woke up. My R8 was egged so bad, guys. So bad. It was there you go. horrible. Like, I thought it was going to ruin the paint. That's how bad it was. So, karma, karma's a bitch, my friend. And that, it comes that, and bites you That's hard, right. So. That's right. And you know what? I apologize for everything that I've done. I just want to put the karma back in, in the right 
the right direction. So I'm, I'm apologizing. So you're the one that egged my car or what? No, no. I just, <laughs> yeah, he came all over to Laval to yeah. egg your car. <laughs> he, he crossed the bridge all the way to Laval. Oh, man. He egged uh, your car. At least, he, at least he has to cross one bridge to get to, you, to, to my house. He has to cross how many? Two bridges one. to get to your one. house? One. It's not about the bridges. It's about bringing the snacks and food and water bottles and passports. She has to meditate about it. Yeah, I got to plan the whole day. Look, there's advantages, okay, just so we can get this out of the way, a small parenthesis. We're close to downtown. That's the, that's the plus that I see. Of course, there is no downtown now, but assuming, yeah, that, uh, assuming that it'll take life again, you know, uh, we're just uh, 10 minutes over the bridge and we're there at least. You know, you don't have to... And that puts an end to the advantages list. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking, speaking of downtown, guys, have you guys been recently? What yeah, a disaster. Yeah. Oh, my God. Very bad. I, I, I've worked downtown for the biggest part of my adult life. Guys, it, 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 sad. Yeah, of course. We have clients. I have clients. That, well, they're not really downtown. They're more in the old port, but... Um, it's horrible. Like you cannot go anywhere. You, I can't. You can't go anywhere. There, we have a um, one of our clients is uh, in the old port, and it's like the new development, right? Uh, they're always building, and uh, it's crazy down there. It's close to Wellington, yeah, yeah. you know, the the, the Peel Basin, whatever it's called. Um, and uh, the road that we usually take a couple of weeks ago, I try to go, and they had closed it off. And I'm like, well, what are they building here? Like, there's nothing. It's like just a dark. It's almost like an alley, you know, like <laughs> that's what it looks like. It's such a narrow path and they've closed it off and they made that little section into like a pedestrian kind of uh, picnic table chill zone. But it's in the middle, literally, of the street. So like they close the street. It's not big. Like we're talking about maybe, I don't know, 20, 30 meters. You know, it's like in between uh, two parallel streets. So it's like one little strip between two streets uh, and they close it off. And I'm thinking... How the hell does that make sense? Like they literally just blocked off one street from getting to you know to the other side, because they figured, look, right here we're gonna put a little rest area, pedestrian thing for who I'm not sure, but it's just there. So divert traffic, make them go all around the block for a matter of thirty meters. That you know, uh, there's a lot of things I I just don't understand. Someone, um, a contact that I have, well, contact one of the friends I have on Facebook. She went. To, she was walking downtown. And she made a post. She's like, it's going to look beautiful. Congratulations, Valerie Plant. Um, you know, uh, once the renovations and all the work is done, downtown is going to be amazing. <clears throat> la, la, la. And me, I'm thinking, what about all the merchants on St. Catherine? Like, there is no parking spot anymore. It's going to be one way just for cars to pass, I guess. And everything else is just sidewalks. So... Okay, if you're a pedestrian, maybe it's fun. You're walking downtown, you know. If you live downtown, you know, I can assume that it's nice. You have more space to walk and to enjoy. But what if you don't live downtown? What if you need to drive into downtown to go shop or whatever? What are you going to do? Why, why, why does that have to be the priority right now? Why not it make it the priority to, to, to give life to the merchants that are downtown? You know what I mean? Like, because that's, that's, that's not her vision. Her vision yeah. is not that, guys. Her vision is very but it's rounded been around. It's been yeah, but it's, and, and it's, not like, uh, it's not like a period of a couple months and they reopen. It's three years consistently now. St. Catherine is closed. Like, you can't go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing happening. So I'm not sure how these guys are surviving. I have no idea. But it's not even St. Catherine. It's St. Dennis, too. It's the same thing. Yeah, have you been on St. Dennis? 
yeah, I know St. Dennis is horrible, but I'm talking about like downtown, downtown yeah. or you know St. Catherine between uh, uh, yeah. from Guy until uh, whatever it is, uh, St. Urban or whatever. Uh, like nothing moves there. Three years. Imagine having a shop on St. Catherine. And now it's going to get worse with winter coming. No cars passing. What are, what are you going to be? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if they're. I doubt they're going to. They're going to open before. There's no way. Like, I mean, you. I drove. I drove by two days ago. Like, it's still dug down. Like, I mean, I don't know what the hell they're working on. Um, so I. I can only assume that it'll stay like this during winter. But even after, I mean, one lane, no parking, nothing. You just, just to drive through. How long does she have? Another year? Two years? What does she have? Next year, next year municipal elections. Next, uh, next November, year, huh? I think. First week of November. Mm. Uh, the elections. No comment. Look, I I don't vote in Montreal, so, but at the same time, it's like, fuck, like it's the only part of the city that you have. (laughs) You know what I mean? I was reading an article actually where uh, she wants to create a huge park. It's going to be bigger than Central Park in in New York. And I'm reading this, I'm like, on the island? Like, where? I don't get it. Like, where the hell are you going to build a park that's bigger than Central Park, you know, in New York? On the island of Montreal, I'm like, what? So then I keep reading. <laughs> you know where it is? Oh, where? In the West Island. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What in the West Island? <laughs> in the West Island, because it's like it's a bunch of flood zones. That uh, I think last year or two years ago, when you know they had the major floods, the government came in and they kind of zoned off an area where you couldn't build because it's unsafe. Yeah, but that doesn't right? count. If if you're gonna build a, a big park like that, it's it's, it's not gonna be competition to Central Park. No, but why? why yeah, why could people in New York? No, but who who's yeah. gonna go to the West Island? Like a I'm thinking, I'm thinking, what? Who? You go to the West Island? No, I don't go to the West Island. But if there's gonna if there's gonna be the park that is said to be the competition to Central Park in New York, I think people will start going. I just find it's a stupid idea to do that. But maybe it's gonna attract people. You never know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. She's too ambitious. She's too ambitious. She's too green, I find. She's too green. She's too green to the detriment of of merchants and business and economy and all the all the good stuff that helps people's lives every day. You have to be a little green, I get it, but discouraging cars and messing up with people's parking, giving, you know, making biking a little more dangerous in the city. I think it's a little bit of confused. So I, I just find it's a little confused, but whatever. That's just my, my it, opinion. It's just sad. It's just, for me, it's sad to see the state of affairs downtown. So look, and you can, you can, you can kind of be like positive and tell yourself that, you know what, it's only a matter of time. You know, the, the work is going to get done. Everything's going to go back to normal. It's going to look beautiful, blah, blah, blah. But I just hate the fact that it's not accessible. And that's my argument. My, but, but, my, my, my idea of accessibility is me driving to downtown and finding parking somewhere and yeah. going shopping. Or Someone else's definition of accessibility is let me grab a bus and go or grab yeah, a bus yeah. or whatever. But, and it's fine. Uh, we have our differences. But name me one family that doesn't live walking distance to downtown with two kids or in Panos's case, three kids that is going to grab the kids, get in a bus or a metro to go to downtown to shop. Are you out of your mind? Never. Never. Especially the fact that more and more people now are living in the suburbs. They're going away. They're leaving Montreal. They're either going and, to I, and I feel that's, what, that's, that's, what's ha- that's what's going on now. A lot of people are being turned off by, from, you know, down, the whole downtown it's living. Matter, it's and, a, I don't think it's a matter of being turned off by downtown. I think it's, um, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, I just think it's the, it's the natural migration of the people. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They're leaving yeah. away from the, the downtown core. So they're just building 
those kinds of centers in the outskirts, like Zistrant in, in Brossard. Now they're building the Royal Mount uh, in TMR. Uh, Laval has uh, whatever you guys call it, Centropolis. So, so, so let's say this, this work from home keeps, I, I'm sure it's here to stay, right? Like, I mean, all this work from home, all these big office spaces that are there. So, I mean, downtown Montreal is going to be catered to who? Just students? I, I I don't know. It's a big it's a big question, Mark. It's a big question, yeah. It's a big question. But there definitely uh, this like, online uh, stuff is here to say. That's for sure. Back, just to go back to the oh, downtown yeah. thing. Look at your example, uh, uh, Pano. You want to go shopping. You want to go out with your kids. Okay, you're thinking downtown or Centropolis. You're in Laval. What are you gonna do? Well, guys, I'll be honest with you. I think in the last I don't know five years. I think I've been the only time I've been downtown was Holt Renfrew to buy my, my wife's gifts, okay? And hockey games that I, I'll, I'll go with my son. That, that, that's pretty much it. Like, yeah, I, but don't forget, guys, we're talking about a demographic now. We're 40-year-olds we're, we're that are married, that have kids. We think differently. Our behaviors are differently. Don't forget that downtown Montreal has McGill and has a lot of companies and a, there's a lot life. of students. A there's a lot life. of people yeah. that are single. So that, that's a different demographic, and they still want that life. And that's fine, but you also have to you have to think of of attracting. Uh, but well, that's the problem. So you're not really attracting. So, you're, so basically, what you're doing, you're catering to your existing clientele, which is fine. Uh, but what about the rest? So you're giving in. You're giving in to the competition. So that's why you have projects like Royal Mall. You have all these developments happening outside the city, and you, you your arguments of bring people back are zero. Like, what are you going to do? You well, they're going to have to do, yeah, they're going to have to give government incentives where you pay less tax, you get a break here, you can do different kind of things. Like, to Mo keep like it. Molson, Molson packed their shit and they're leaving. You heard about that, right? Last year, Molson, that huge property they have on Notre Dame, they're leaving. They're, I think, they're, yeah. yeah, they're moving, I think, to where is it? Long I think they're moving just across the river. But you, but you know what, George? Montreal has been that for a long time. It's been a dead city. It, it, Montreal is almost like the city that time forgot. If Look, I had a chance to travel to different cities the past five, six years, American and Canadian cities. And you know what? Montreal, I think, in people's minds still has that reputation of that city. But it's no longer on the map. I, it's I think stuck, I, you know what? I think they're stuck in the... In the 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 when they had the Olympics that, that was yeah the, the, after seventy yeah I, I, like the, the the beginning the the late seventies early eighties that's right and then and then it died out and then people just stayed with the image the idea like know, maybe said, maybe that's the way we see it because we live here and we take certain things for granted like imagine if you could of course imagine yourself coming to Montreal for the first time imagine yourself as a tourist in Montreal aren't you going to enjoy the city no, no. why not <laughs> not anymore cones no, exactly. Yeah, you don't know that. You, cones. You look, you know that you're frustrated because you live it. It's your, it's your, it's your everyday life. No, no, it's not. It's not. For me, it's fine because you know what? I'm jaded. So if I go to work and I see a couple of cones, it's just another day for me. Yeah. But a person who has limited four days and has to be stuck in traffic and cones and construction and potholes and things and barriers and language barriers and this, and, you know what? At the end of the day, it's a turnoff. It's a turnoff. After his four-day stay or his five-day stay, he's going to be like, guys, you know, I didn't enjoy this, I didn't enjoy this, and I didn't enjoy this. And we can no longer say Montreal with this big food because Toronto has the same thing. Mm. You know what I mean? It's no, What I'm trying to say is that nothing is unique of, of Montreal anymore. And it's, and a, shame it's a city that, yeah, it is a shame. It's a shame because, uh, I, I, again, uh, another article I read, uh, they're going to make all the Place des Spectacles, you know, where they have the, the, the summers and the con all that is going to be, um, they're going to make it into a nice ring uh, wintertime. That's not bad. 
you know, where they have the fountains, that whole place there. Yeah. The, you know, yeah, yeah. That's not bad. It's bigger than Rockefeller Center, I think, apparently. So it's just funny how, you know, we want to compare ourselves to other big metropolis uh, We have a long way areas. to go. Well, yeah, but Montreal's always been a, a, a small city with big city effects. It, it, you could kind of squeeze it in with the big cities, but at the same time, you can also put it in a small city too. The curse, and the, curse, the curse that Montreal has always had, and it's true what you're saying, because they've always had these aspirations to think as a big city, right? The problem is that you're, you're limited in space because you're an island. And, you know, we don't have the ideology here. We don't have that mentality that Laval could be considered Montreal or the South Shore could be like, you know, like a greater Montreal, the same way like there's a greater Toronto area yeah. where you're driving into Toronto and you're like, whoa, this is crazy. Nice downtown. And then half an hour later, you're actually downtown. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's true. But it's so large. It's expanded so much that mm -hmm. your reflex is, yeah, I live in Toronto, but you're not really downtown. I mean, it's just grown that way, which is a good thing. Yeah, the problem you, with Montreal the, is that you can't. <laughs> the, the, the saddest thing with Montreal, I think, and this this is maybe not doesn't come from my logic. It comes from maybe my feeling, which is a bad thing to do, especially lately. But <laughs> I feel like I feel like Montreal is the city that could have been and never became. No, I think it's a it, city that it, was it, and it, lost it. Or yeah, or it, it was and it lost it, but it could have become so much more. It could have become no, like I, I, I think, no. I think I, I no. I, I think no. I agree with you. I, I just think I never. Th I don't think Montreal was ever it. You understand what I mean? Oh, it, it was, was always. Man, it was. Oh man, I've heard stories from my dad yeah, after like, the expo and yeah, the Olympics. Hold, before, yeah, hold like on, okay. 50s, 60s, okay. 70s. Like when 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 our parents came here, I, I, my father's told me stories, and you know they were like in their mid to late twenties now, right? So yeah, imagine, because your father, your father, my father, and Chris's father left the Horio, right, the little village, and came to a big city. So obviously for them, it was like wow. But it's not but, only for them. Just, like you've uh, heard stories where Montreal was booming, man. Like uh, you've seen even pictures of Park yeah, Avenue yeah. and yeah. Saint and St. Dennis with all these big lights and all the clubs and everything happening. It was a booming city. Uh, but compared to other cities, there was yeah. other cities also that were booming. It's not like Montreal was something special versus a, a, a other city. You know what I mean? Like New yeah. York, Chicago, or, or I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's U.S. Now you're talking about Cosmopolitan. even Toronto. Like even Toronto. Like, okay, if you're going to compare it to, like, I don't know, man, uh, Saskatoon. If you're going to compare it to, like, what, Calgary. Like, okay. Look, I, I, I don't know. But from what I've heard, Toronto barely existed yeah. before. Yeah, guys, Toronto was a late bloomer. Toronto was a late bloomer and, and surpassed Montreal. So basically, all the potential that uh, all the potential that Toronto displayed in the past few years, that was taken away from Montreal. That yeah, could have been Montreal. Yeah, Whatever Montreal lost, Toronto gained. Yeah. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah, of course, obviously. Yeah. What are you gonna do? It's just uh, the, 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 their their hockey team sucks. Yeah. yeah. But ours too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have nothing to say. Yeah, uh, no. Like they both. At, at least we won a Stanley Cup when we had color TV. They hadn't. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, they haven't seen a Stanley Cup since '67, I think. I so. feel bad for them. What, what um, I feel bad for Johnny. Johnny. Johnny Salatellos. He loves him, bro. Well, he, he likes a crappy team. It's, it's not our fault. Oh, yeah, it's just what, what, year, what, what year was it, man? Where they were like this close of eliminating Boston? They had what is '93. No, 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 no. This is recently, a couple of years oh, ago. Recently. And they lost. Like, they lost that last game. They were leading, and they just messed up. And Boston just came back. And it was, like, the biggest ooh, ooh. thing. I can't was remember. this recently? Yeah, it was, like, two, three years ago. Yeah, yeah that, years that, ago. That, that, that's when the Torontonians would say, I believe. 
<laughs> I believe. All right. Yeah, yeah. They used to say that. I used to go to Toronto a lot, guys. Lots. But you know what? At least they have the Raptors. So you know what? Uh, yeah. They compensate with basketball. It's funny how basketball never picked up here, eh? No, I think basketball is huge in Toronto. It's huge. No, but here, here I mean Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's like I don't, hockey, I don't think hockey we have is the such a religion. I think hockey is such a religion here that other sports just have a, a huge problem just picking up. Yeah, uh, they, they don't get the attention. The other sports don't get the attention. You know? No. Yeah. Even even I mean the Alouettes are doing fine, but that's just because they brought them downtown. The minute you leave downtown again, it's like when they brought back the Alouettes and they brought them at the Olympic Stadium, it, it, they were going nowhere. They yeah. had to bring them to the to the Molson Stadium in order for them to survive. They're trying with think about, soccer a little bit. Yeah, what do you soccer. think about the Expos? <laughs> I, I, no, Are they ever coming I, back? I think they should, but I think they should focus on building something downtown. Like you can, you, I think anything yeah. could work downtown. I don't know if Montreal's. We, we just finished saying how we just finished saying how downtown is dead. Yeah, is dead. Bring yeah. it, bring it, put them downtown. I, I was going to say it's by bringing. It's, no, it's maybe, by bringing. Yeah, exactly. Maybe this is going to spur everything up again. I don't That's know. Right. Uh, bring yeah. back life. But they're actually right. talking about building a new baseball stadium somewhere in the Peel Basin or I don't know where. Uh, Jerry, uh, man. Jerry. Bring it to Jerry. Jerry Park. Yeah, you know, you have the tennis uh, stadium yeah. there. Where are you going to put it? Plus, there's so many local politics there, man. I remember when we were there, the stadium wanted to, uh, to make renovations and to, um, to build up, right? So they want to do a second floor. And on the second floor, they have closed off clay courts. It's like it's the only ones in Canada. So everyone comes to Montreal to actually train uh, during winter time because they're the only ones that have that facility. Beautiful stuff. Actually, you know what, guys? You know what, guys? I have the best place where to go build a stadium. Yeah. West Island. <laughs> in, the middle, in the middle of the new Central Park. The exactly. Central Park in the West Island. In the West Island. Uh, but yeah, no, but the, so the, the, that stadium, they, 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 they got so much government funding, whatever, and they wanted to build up. And there's like a local association for the Jari Park. It's called the Les Amis du Parc Jari. So I don't know what kind of power jurisdiction they have, but basically they kind of manage all the activities going on in the park. And they had, they were so loud, making so much noise on avoiding that project to happen because it blocked um, the view to the mountain. First of all, I didn't oh. even know that you can see the mountain from uh, Jared Park, but there's a place where you can go and you can actually see it. But yeah, that was the problem. They're like, no, no, you can't build this. And the guy's telling them, this is a major international tennis tournament that happens here. <laughs> it brings in hundreds of thousands of people every year. What are you talking about? No, no, no. They were blocking it. So the, the, the DG of Tennis Canada... Uh, he agreed that uh, every ticket they're gonna give a percentage to that association and to local activities. Okay. Suddenly they're like, okay, yeah, sure, that's a good idea. Let's go, <laughs> let's support it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just politics everywhere, man. Like you try to do something and you 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 just the, the speed bumps are there constantly, constantly. It's like ah, speaking of politics, the elephant in the room. <laughs> can we call it man what the hell is going on down there oh man is, is you know it, what i just feel bad for our friends man uh, south of the border honestly i i it's yeah because wow. you know what i think i think the majority of the people aren't uh part of this whole division and all this uh all this noise happening they just want you know they're just living regular lives and you know it's just another election and they just want to get over with uh, this is not just another election, man. Oh, exactly. It isn't. It's taking this a whole is... other proportion. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it, first of all, I've never seen anything like this. And I don't think 
even in the future, we're ever going to witness anything like this. <laughs> Most contentious election where it's in modern close. history. So close. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not about being close because there's there have been other elections that were very close. Like I was, I was listening to the radio, the 2000 election with Bush and Al Gore. It came down to that one little county in Florida, yeah, Florida. that Bush won by like 500 something votes. Like imagine 500. Like. We're, we're talking about four states over here. We're waiting, like, there's four states that they can't call because the difference are not hundreds of votes. We're talking about thousands, maybe tens of thousands. They're like, oh, it's too close to call. Imagine, imagine losing that one county in Florida by 500 votes to the point where back then the Supreme Court came in and said, look, we've counted enough. It's over. It's done. We got to call it, right? The difference, though, is that they were gentlemen. <laughs> they were actual statesmen who accepted the, the outcome and didn't make such a big circus out of it, man. You know what I mean? Calling fraud and and I I get it. You know we're having that's that's where I disagree with you, man. I disagree with yeah, you. Yeah, we were having this thing before we we, we started recording. I, I don't I don't I can't really it'd be it'd be ridiculous to come and say no no everything is normal nothing 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 crooked is happening. It's tough judging by what we're seeing. It's it's strange. It, it, there's something weird. Guys, it, it, exactly. It, it's a strange election. But, but Chris, the, the problem isn't that. The problem is, okay, something's weird. Weird is happening. Whether it's fraud, whether it's you know whatever fishy business, whatever. Don't come out, and you know you know you know with with, with your speech make a call out to violence and demonstrations. Just come out, you know, be human. And be fair and say, listen, it's very close. Let's all remain quiet. And if there's anything that you see that is fishy, you have the proper channels. Yeah, yeah but, but that's George, not Trump, George. That's bro, not yeah, Trump. Exactly. No, no, number one, it's not Trump. And second of all, it's that's not what he endured. That's not what he lived. He lived four years of being a dartboard for everyone. He Defamation, yeah, but he smearing, had, uh, slandering. Yeah. Like, they did everything they can. First of all, they spoke about four years. I'm not, I'm not even a Trump supporter. I don't even have a dog in this race. I don't care. I, I could condemn and I could condone both. I'm just saying, let's keep it real. Let's keep it to the level where, you know what? If you're going to say that for four years, Trump's election was illegitimate and there was meddling with Russia and this and that, just agree with the possibility that there could be fraud now because they didn't play fair the whole time. Why would they play fair on election day? So we cannot say that Trump is disgraceful because he wants another election or a recount. First of all, he has the right to call that. Of course. Now, I agree with you. He should be doing it with more of a manner, but Look, Trump, yeah, Trump is civil. wild. That's Trump, man. He's brash. Yeah. But you know what? Okay, you know what? Why would he be civil when the Black Lives Matter is not civil? When the Democrats are not civil? N nothing. That's what I'm saying. Guys, it's civil I'll unrest. You, I'll tell you why. Because those are civil movements and they're, they're, they're brought forth by whatever frustration, whatever organization uh, uh, has, uh, has organized them and the way they, they feel. But when you're the president of the United States, it comes with a certain stature. It comes with a certain posture. You have to be above the noise. Obviously, Trump isn't that. And we know him. He was like that even before he, he did politics. This guy, he comes from the world of celebrities. Uh, he likes the attention. He likes the controversy. He likes drawing attention to him. But I don't know, man. I, I can tell you one thing. I never supported him. And when he I, won... I, I, I think... Wait, George. I think saying that he comes from a world of celebrities is discrediting him and it's not true. He was a celebrity for the last two years. For the majority of his life, he was a businessman, billionaire, creating jobs. Uh, no, he was all no, no. in the circles of the celebrity world. Like, he was known. That, it wasn't no, like no, that. No, no, no. He, he, he hung around... 
he wasn't like a Warren Buffett. Like he's like in the business world, and he's, he's so- not in the business world. Buffett is, is an investor. Has nothing to do he's with businesses. Investor. Okay, well, entrepreneurship, investment, money. No, he's not. He's not an entrepreneur. No, it's not the same thing, George. It's not the same thing. Trump has always been a businessman, and you know what? The the money came from business. It came from negotiations. It, celebrity, the Celebrity Apprentice, was the, the cherry on the cake. So you cannot say that's that, that's another major mistake of smearing. He's not. A, he's you're making him sound like an actor. He's not. He has business background. He developed most of New York. This is somebody that, you know what, even if you hate him, you cannot take away that wherewithal. You cannot take... You, you and the, 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 point, the point isn't to take anything away from him. And, and I got to be honest here. When he won four years ago, I, 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 I put a post. Say, listen, guys, you got to give it to the guy. The guy came. He wasn't part of the, the establishment. Everyone was against him, even within the, the, the Republican Party. And, the, you know, the, the whole Republican circle, he beat all uh, odds and he made it. Good for him. Just give it credit. They destroyed me online. I'm like, guy, I, I know. I, I didn't say that I liked him. I didn't say that I hate him. I just said, you got to give the guy credit for you gotta give all the these obstacles, him. right? But, but that's it. Credit where credit is due. But, here, but here's, here's where maybe I was a little bit too hopeful, maybe. I don't know. I honestly believed that the minute that he uh, entered that office, he was going to, I don't want to say he was he was going to take it seriously in the sense that he didn't take it seriously, but he was going to act presidential. Something inside him told me, look, all that was fanfare. It was all show. It was all that. The minute he enters the, the, the office of the president, he's going to be surrounded by actual political staffers, by people that are going to uh, um, uh, cater to what he needs to do, and he's going to be presidential. The same way that Reagan was president, like he, him too, he was an actor. Of course, Reagan had a lot of experience before becoming a president because he was the governor of California, whatever. So I, I honestly believed that it, we were going to see a different Trump. And it wasn't the case. It, this, this, is, this is what I just want to say. I just want to interject here and say this because this is the biggest problem. Uh, you could, there's bad things. There's good things. Uh, we could talk about his character. We could talk about how he's brash, arrogant, a megalomaniac. We could talk about all that stuff. We could talk about how he he lied. He said things that are wrong. Everything. He wasn't polite, harsh, asinine comments, remarks, whatever. All that is fine. Yes, yes, yes to all the above. I see a problem when it's only about that. And we said this before. Politics is also policy. And you know what? It worries me when all we talk about is that and not mention one thing about policy. And the biggest problem, I think, with Democrats today, what they have as, as a major issue is that you cannot elicit any kind of good argument when it comes to policy because all they know is to say bigotry, it's this and that. And you know what? It's impossible to be... In, and, like, obviously, we could call out a couple of good things and a couple of bad things, but it's impossible to be four years in politics and he's done nothing good. No. And you have to be able to say that, you know what, he's bad here. This is horrible. Yes, this is maybe a little bit of, 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 of a harsh way to say it. But you know what, A, B, C, D was good. B could be better. F, you know what I mean? That's what but I'm talking about. There's the lack of politics. It's yeah, all but do you it's accredit, populism. But do you accredit that to maybe the fact that he didn't do enough either to promote that because it was always about him, right? It was always about, look what we've done. And like, he, draw, he draws a lot of attention. So George, yeah, George, I, but George, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm just, I, I want to just add this and, and, I, and I had a hard time with this, but I do understand why he was doing it. And the reason why he does that and always gives credit to himself is because nobody else does. No me, all the, the media is always against him, right? Yeah, yeah. So 
if if the media is against them, the big techs are against them, everybody's against them. How are you supposed to convince the people, there's, right, there's, to sell the people on the fact that hey, guys, we are doing a good job if nobody's talking about it? Well, there, there. So if he doesn't talk about it, and if he doesn't always, come out and says, and say what he says, then then, dude, you're not gonna sell. The, you're not gonna sell the people on anything. There's there's ways to do that. I just think that maybe everyone just got off on the wrong foot from the very beginning. Uh, you know, like when you attack the media, who, regardless of who started that, you know quote-unquote war yeah, yeah. the minute you come out and say you're fake news you you don't deserve it like the guy you know jim acosta whatever he is okay whether you like him or whether you hate him you can't kick out of, you could kick him out of the the the, the white house press uh, uh press team but it has to be a valid reason not because you don't like CNN or because you think CNN is fake news and you're just kicking out kicking the guy out like yeah. there's no way in hell that CNN is going to cover anything you do positively after you've kicked out one of their own guys from the White House. Yeah, but that came after. Like, you're, you're right. It's like, you don't always start it. I agree with you. That's, that's bad. You shouldn't yeah. do it like that. He's but you know the, what? He's not the only one. Lot, constantly no, but, uh, attacking media and journalists. And like, you can't, you, that's not your job, man. It's not your job. You're, no, but you know what, George? You know what, George? Whether their questions suck, whether that's their not true. are not fair. You know, it is. Uh, no, no, I disagree, man. You know what? I'll tell you why I disagree. I don't agree with what he did. And I don't agree that you could just smear back like the way we were smeared. You can't just start saying that media is bad and not. But you have to agree. You have to agree that real journalism, all right, it's is gone. in trouble. Real yeah. journalism is almost on life support. We're, it's, it's, it's info entertainment. That's what it is today. I, I, yeah, I don't disagree with it's, you. No, it's I'm very not. biased. And it's you know what? Of, if it's you because just... of social media. It's because of the accessibility. Right now, we care about being first. Who's going to come out with the, the update, the news, the, the breaking news? we got to be first, right? That's so right. instead of looking at the validity of what you're writing and the quality of the news that you're reporting, you care about being the first one because right now everyone has it on their phone and they have the notifications on and you want to be the first one that they read and that they share and that, you know what I mean? So I agree with you. I agree with I th- you. And I think it's reciprocal, man. You know what? You call me a liar, I'll call you a liar. You said what I said is a lie. You're a liar too. You know what? You caught me. You caught me here, here, and here. But you know what? I caught you here, here, and here. And then you know what? Once you're in that game, you can't win. And the problem, the problem is, is even deeper, guys. That's what I'm saying. The problem is we're talking about the dichotomy, right? There was always a, a space between left and right, but now it's bigger than ever. And you know what? Different views are necessary, and different views are almost they're indispensable. Different views is the feature. It's not the bug. And people don't understand that. And you know what? Whether you're a liberal or a conservative, Democrat, Republican, you're going to need to communicate. And the way to communicate is to be civilized. And that's what we lost. So whoever wins, it doesn't matter. Whether you're pro-Trump or pro-Biden, the problem is it's very divisive. It's very polarized. And there's a bigger agenda. There's something else. The gap is the gap is too huge to even bridge. I mean, and and every analyst is is talking about that. First of all, it, you know the, the 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 Democrats coming out and saying that it's a historic win. It's not a historic win at all. Uh, they did not get. What, what did they do with the Senate? I think the Senate is split. No, Republican. Lost. No, no, it's Republican. They lost the Senate. It's Republican. They won yeah. the, the Congress. But the problem is this: in the very beginning, I don't know if you guys followed, but they wanted they were projecting three to five additional seats in the Senate. Um, they didn't get that. They got one additional seat. 
And obviously, if Biden wins, Kamala Harris is going to have a vote in the Senate because as the vice president, she chairs the Senate. So she has that. He's going to be president in one year. Yeah, for sure. That's what I predict. Too. You think, yeah, he's going to step down. Uh, and maybe we'll see. So that's like, the guy forgets, man. Yeah. Like we're talking about all the bad with Trump. Trump has a million fourteen bad. Uh, Biden too, though. There, there's there's a couple of things that he's not all there. But you know? but guys, I've been saying this from the beginning. Three hundred and what thirty million people? We've been say, we, we, we say we say this all the time, right? And these are the two best candidates in yeah. what one of the the world's greatest countries. Big you power, got Harvard, yeah. you got Duke, like like a superpower of the world, and these are the two best candidates you could find. This is because, to basically run the world superpower. This is because this the 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 country is historically based on two main parties, and there's no room for anything else. And because they take so much space, um, there's a huge establishment. So that's not to say that it's not open to anyone that wants to run. What I'm saying is that. The, the you know the 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 quote unquote buddies are in there and they're controlling like it, it was Biden the right candidate I don't think so I don't think based on his and I don't want to I don't want to do any ageism over here but clearly the guy is not who he was when he was vice president right so instead of the party thinking you know what let's promote somebody new let's promote some fresh ideas let's go get that young generation let's inspire people to look at politics differently you know what I mean instead of doing that. They put the big guns behind the one person that they all thought deserved or should be there, which was Biden. So when you have a guy, look, they had, what, 11, 12 candidates in the nomination for the, for the uh, Democratic mm -hmm. Party, whatever. You had the Clinton family behind Biden. You had Obama's gang behind Biden. You had Biden's gang, obviously, helping Biden. Like, these are huge people within that establishment, right? Definitely an advantage over, for example, Tulsi Gabbard or Pete Buttigieg or whoever the hell the other candidates are who came from nowhere practically, right? There's some, someone in their state, but uh, at a national level, you, you can't even compare <laughs> to the power that the other guy has, all the friends, all the money, all the influence. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Trump is against. Well, guys, don't forget, one of the best parts of Trump, and this is, this is not coming, I'm not, I, again, like I don't have a dog in this race. I, I, I just want to talk about it as, as objectively as we can. Okay? Trump won, number one, because he can't be bought. Hmm. Number two, well, he's, he's he, I mean, he has he his own interest too, right? I mean, no, no, but he can't be bought. He can't be bought. Biden is, the corporatism is, is what helps Biden. The big, the big technocrats, the big, the big techs is behind Biden. It's not behind uh, Trump. Trump. Trump is the yeah. wild card. Trump is the guy who won't be bought. Trump is the guy that fights corporatism. He's just a believer in capitalism, and all he doesn't want is socialism. He's, I just wanted to, to paraphrase something you said before, George. You're right. We used to have uh, the left and the right. So you only had two parties where you know everywhere else in the world, the political spectrum is pretty pretty huge right right it, 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 it's it's pretty uh, because it's controlled by big money that's why i don't know if well but the thing is this is what you have right now so let's say your whole spectrum is here and you only have two parties in the right you're gonna get your classical liberal or maybe libertarian right and right wing or conservative but you're also going to get your extreme nationalist as well but at the same time in your democratic party you still have a little bit of the center your classical liberal right your liberal but then you also have your radical left your progressive and you even go as far as, as your socialist. Yeah. 
So you those and what happens is the mill decided to be silent and not really care. And then you have the two extremes now fighting. And that's how you get the chasm. And that's why it's a problem. And that's why, you know what they've lost? They've lost the common ground. They lost the commonality. There's no commonality. You're right. Because in the past, most of the attention was focused primarily around the middle. Whether you're a bit to the left, you were a Democrat, a bit to the right, you're a Republican. But essentially, that's right. it happened within that sphere. Yeah. Since that is gone and it has gone to the extremities, the noise that you hear is coming out from the two lunatics on each side, right? Uh, that's, that's right. That's right. That's what's bad. But guys, let me ask you a question. And you and you have to you have to condemn both sides because both sides do stupid things, say stupid things, and you know what they do? They will just defend their leader as if they can't make any mistakes. That's the problem. You know, I, and I, I think I said this before, man. You know, the West, or more precisely, America is going to be in a good path when you're going to hear Republicans saying that Democrat is right and that that's a right democratic value. And, 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 and vice versa, the Democrats saying that's it, a republic that's a Republican it, it, ideology. It exists. What? It exists. The, the problem is that the last four years it's 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 disappeared practically because of this polarization. You could not come out and say something like that because your base now has become that right. And if you're a Democrat, your base has become that extreme left. Yeah. That's where you are. But right. there, there, is, there, is a, there, there is a growing uh, ideology. Uh, well, you, you see Marxism, leftist theories. Uh, you, you're getting a lot of that. Universal uh, pay, universal dental care, you know, everything, you know what I mean? You're, you're seeing that they want to experiment with ideas like that because these are new ideas for the Western world, right? They've been tried in different parts of the world, but it's kind of new to the Western world. And you're getting a lot of that. And that's where a lot of the pushback comes from. Because you know what? The success, whether you like it or not, the success of America has always been capitalism. And I don't mean corporatism. I mean capitalism. I'm not talking about big tech. I'm not talking about a lot of money controlling money. I'm talking about free enterprise, free exchange of ideas and money. And you know what? The little guy can start here and reach the stars and be free. Yeah. And you know, and that's what I was that's what I was gonna say. It's become about Biden and Trump instead of it being about policy. And if you look at it historically, policy has been a big part of the states, right? You're pro-life or you're you're pro-choice, right? You're for guns or you're anti-guns, you're lower taxes, higher taxes, more capitalism, less ca- it's always been that, but no one talks about that, or you no. talk about it very little. So that's why I'm just saying it, it's, it's trivial. And what I hated this week, and it sounds like I'm defending Trump a lot, and I feel like people should defend him a bit because it's just too much. Noam Chomsky, all right? There was an article I read. It yeah, said... That was stupid, yeah. Come on, man. It, the article, the headline was, the title was, Worst uh, Criminal in Human History. Wait a minute, man. Wait a minute. What? Well, let, let's calm down. And yeah. there was another article that I read after. Hitler was better... Then Trump. Oh, I, I, yeah, I read that too. Oh my God. You know what? You know what? You come on. You you can't even you can't even make comparisons like that. When a day before I read those headlines, three people got beheaded in Paris. Yeah. And there's there's people in there's 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 Erdogan doing crazy things. Nobody's talking about that. So you know what? You can hate him, call him everything you want. Comparing him the to worst. Hitler, comparing him to Hitler is horrible. The guy's horrible, man. You're belittling. You're belittling Hitler, man. By doing you're that. belittling. You're trivializing Nazism and exact and real racism. That's what you're belittling. Belittling. Sorry. And you know what? Don't do that. People shouldn't do that. And you know what? Say a couple of good things, man. You know what I mean? Say a couple. You know what? It, the only president that didn't that didn't get that didn't get involved in a war. 
He's one yeah. of the presidents. He pulled, like, the he pulled troops out. You know what? He, he he brokered four peace treaties. Like you know what? Just, just, you know what? Say he's bad, 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 impossible, bad, bad, bad. Impossible. Good. By the way, right? Nobody ever even imagined. Nobody even no, but you but know, nobody says it. Those countries uh, aligning themselves with Israel never. And, and and the last thing is like, guys, man, that's a democracy. You, you know how good we have it. A democracy. Imagine you're asking for a recount. And it's a possibility you'll get it. That's true democracy. Yeah, but he was saying not to recount. That's what, that's the problem I had. No, no, he, he wasn't saying that. He's confused because he was saying recount here, but don't recount here. It was horrible. But I was like, yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> but stop but, the votes <laughs> in Pennsylvania. Stop them on my but head. Guys, I, 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 wanna, I, I don't, want to. Guys, don't, don't, for, don't forget there's countries that don't have elections. The, the best argument, and I'm going to let Pano speak. But... In, in Cuba, Castro didn't have elections for over 40 years. No, and then when he, no, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. Yeah, but, yeah, and 98% won. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I was going through Twitter and it was <laughs> amazing that I saw, uh, you know, this whole argument, don't count uh, or count or stop counting or whatever. And uh, it was a woman. I, I don't know who I just saw it in passing. She's like, I come from a country where uh, election results uh, are out before the election is even over. <laughs> so she's like, please just count the votes, you know? Uh, and, and you know what? And, and this, this, this actual, this, this bipolar kind of political system is almost a symptom of how free and how well we have it. We're so well off here that we're able, think about it, man. If you're able to attack and call you, your president an idiot, Man, you are not oppressed. No, no, exactly. <laughs> you have a lot of freedoms. But there should be, but there should be limits, <laughs> right? Because I mean, at this point, it's like I, I see what you're saying, and I prefer it more than anything else. But at the same time, when it gives birth to these movements that uh, are allowed to seclude themselves in a six-mile radius in Seattle and call themselves the independent state of whatever the hell they called it. Uh, we're going a little far here. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, take, take yeah, yeah, but take it on the other side. Uh, when people are breaking things and looting, shouldn't you stop them as well? Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying no. Um, well, what I'm saying is that it's gone so far that, anyways, look, it, it's very confusing. There's hysteria. There's a lot of cynicism, uncertainty. We don't know. It could be fraud. It could be not. It does. I, I, I personally think it doesn't even matter. I think. We all should hope that there is no uh, there is no uh, civil war. I don't think it's gonna be. I don't think it's gonna go to that extreme. But civil unrest for sure, and it started already. And you know the thing is, this is what I this is what I never appreciate about Trump because you have to realize that the position that you're in is very powerful. The words that come out of your mouth actually mean something, and they carry a lot of weight. Not everyone has the intellect to say, "Ah, they're just words," or "Ah, he's just crazy." Oh, that's not what he meant. That's not it. There's a lot no. of people that take these things literally. So, like, on Wednesday, obviously Tuesday, nothing was happening. Uh, Wednesday, the guy comes out and says, well, they're stealing our freedom. They're stealing this election. We can't let them, ha you know, have this, blah, blah, blah. As soon as he does that, you have demonstrators in front of the uh, the voting uh, booths, the, 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 the election offices. You have – today I read somewhere that in Pennsylvania they arrested uh, or they, they, they stopped some form of attack that was being planned in the voting stations. Like, they were going to go inside and attack people. Like, people have lost their fucking mind. People, are, people have lost their mind, absolutely. People and have lost because, their mind. It, yeah, but the thing is, it's not that they just woke up and said, today I'm going to do that. No, it's because they get this validation or quote-unquote validation, what they believe is validation, by the person heading the country. That's the problem. 
That's yeah, but that that comes from both sides, man. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to I'm trying to give you a contrast that Black Lives Matter also got validation to go keep doing what they're doing. Yeah, but Black Lives Matter started as a, as a demonstration, and rightfully so. Look, if 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 you feel that something unfair is happening, go and voice your concern. It's different. That's it. That it's not. They feel they feel that there's fraud and it's unfair. But, and that's fine, Chris, but let the process finish and then go through the channels that exist because you're the best democracy in this world to contest anything you want. Take three months, four, five months, do whatever you want. But don't come out. But, but, but you know the game is not like that. That's what I'm trying to tell you, George. I'm telling you that the media has played a very crucial role in being responsible for this. The media, the media should be the same way. No. Look, I, I think I think it's like a chicken and egg kind of thing, especially when it comes to Trump in the media. Who started the feud first? Who uh, who picked on who first, and who perpetuated it? Uh, at some point, did did they both kind of need to put some water in their wine? Maybe. I think I think the good news is that. But don't uh, the Sorry, Trump sells. Trump sells. Yeah, yeah, he so does. Maybe the media didn't want to just end it. They they want that clip. Uh, CNN has record sales, record visibility in CNN, record visibility in Fox, like in the history of the channel, because it's it's because it's Trump, because he's unpredictable, because you have no idea what he's gonna say next. Mm-hmm. A clip that sounds stupid, and they keep pushing it in your face every five minutes. The guy sells, so the media likes that. They may be playing, you know, the the card that oh, our president, I can't believe he said this and that, but at the, uh, deep down, they enjoy running after him. They enjoy picking him. They enjoy picking him because they get a little bit of the success. Yeah, but at the same time, that's what I'm saying. You're the president. You should not give in to that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, but, you know what's funny? But uh, that's why that guy won because he's not a politician. I know, but at the same time... And the people that like him, the people that like him that's what they like. But it's they, also, they, so, but, so, so, so let me ask you a question, guys. Let me just ask you a question. Do you think... Do you think... You need to be presidential in order to get policy through or get things done because at the end of the day the guy's an entrepreneur right i think the best thing about trump is that his he surrounds himself with with constant winners right that's that's the power of an entrepreneur (laughs) okay like no no but you you see you cannot say that you know george you're throwing a one-liner and this guy in his cv has probably 90 percent bad and you're just you're just discrediting the 90 and focusing on 10%. You think there's nothing Giuliani has done well? Are you kidding me? The guy saved New York. Okay, so why did, why, so why did you just say you're kidding me? You just said no, you're kidding me. Surrounding some of the best people. Or Giuliani. No, has- no, but well, Giuliani, you just said save New York. But yeah. when Panos made the comment, you said, are you kidding me? Yeah, because he, he's, he's made a fool out of him. Like he, the guy in the last four or five years, he's... Everybody, ev- that's democracy and that's freedom. Yeah, you have the right to make stupid decisions. Like, you have the right to be wrong. And you have the right to make mistakes. Yeah, no, I don't have anything wrong with that. It's just that the argument that surrounding yourself with the best people maybe is not valid this time around. And Giuliani, let's let's understand, he has a, a track record that is impressive. 10, 15 years ago, right now, is he the best thing that Trump could have surrounded himself with? I, I, I disagree. Well, I disagree too. I disagree too. You're right. But well, I'm just saying, like, look what the narrative is. Look how look how we look how we fall into the traps. And you know what? If I want, if I want it. No, yeah. But if I wanted to to uh, 
to um, uh, defend the Republicans, which it seems like I'm doing a lot. And I'm not even a Republican. I don't even think that way. I am conservative a little more than I was. I used to be liberal, more conservative now. But I'm defending them because I find they need to be defended. Okay, I can say that. Look, look how stupid I can make the conversation. Giuliani, yeah, you said Giuliani. Well, Biden too. He was good 40 years ago. And I agree. And, <laughs> and, and, and you know what? What happens is the conversations stay small. They, they stay small and, 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 it, and it doesn't help anybody and nothing happens. Yeah, and you, that's what happens when you, you live away, on your phone. Yeah, you take away when you live on your phone, you know what, guys, this is very important. When you live on your phone, this is what happens. I vote Trump, you vote Biden, or I vote Biden, you vote Trump, all right? Whatever you go on your, and, and I've done the experiment because I have two phones. I have a work phone and I have my personal phone. I do different searches on these two phones and I did an experiment for two months. And you know what happens? The more you go, obviously, on certain topics, there's an algorithm that calculates everything. Yeah. And what it does, you know what it does? It doesn't tell you, Chris, you've been researching this too much. Maybe you should look at this. It doesn't give you diversity of thought. It doesn't give you a battle of ideas. You know what it tells you? You would also what? like this. Exactly. So it can just reinforce what you already believe. And now you, you think you're getting diversity. You think you're, you're getting uh, knowledge and you're getting informed and you're getting the same narrative yeah. the same rhetoric put into your brain and now you think you're going to go out and have a conversation with somebody and all you know is memes and headlines yeah. and i'm talking that on both sides yeah. that's what's happening on both sides and nobody can have any conversation and when you talk policy it's like forget policy he said i grabbed her by the pussy and conversation ends there or it's like he did that he's a bigot or now biden like look look how the, the right is using biden Biden, they're saying that he's been in politics for 47 years or 40 years and he hasn't done anything. And now he's going to save America. And yeah. now he's going to save America. And you know what? There is some truth, but there is some stupid talk in that as well. Yeah, yeah. No, but to answer, to answer your question, Panos, about being presidential to, to, to make good policy, I, I think... That's my question. My question is, yeah. do you, like... I, I, look, I'm going to answer no, because presidential is not uh, um, a state of being. Presidential is... Um, it's more of a of a perception, right? Like you respect, like you you play the role that you have, which is a very serious role to play, and it's not an easy one. It's very difficult, very challenging. But to engage in policy, you need you need, I think, more than anything, personal skills. Uh, because especially in the in the U.S., the way the system is made, you have no choice but either to blow things. Uh, like to to destroy the elections and win both the Congress and Senate and pass whatever you want, or chances are that you're gonna have to come to the point where you're gonna have to work with the other ones. Like that's how that's why it's such a good system because it's made in a way where you have to collaborate. It's the only country, or at least that I know, maybe there's more, but in the middle of your mandate, you're gonna have midterm elections, which means that the Congress and the Senate are gonna rotate. Which forces collaboration, unless again, system. unless you win system. everything again. So this, is, so this is the trouble that Biden is going to have now, because I think between Biden and Trump, probably Biden is much more of that character to extend an arm and say, guys, let's put this shit behind us. Let's sit down and talk. He's much more of that, the way yeah. I talk, right? I, I agree. I agree. That character than Trump was. Trump's the guy, you know what? Go fuck yourself. The door's closed. I'm not talking to you. He's more of an antagonist that way. But the climate that he's in right now 
is it going to be favorable to him even trying to do that? I'm sure he will. And But it is going to be tough for him to pass. It's very man. tough. It's going to be very tough. And the problem is that we don't know what sentiment exists right now in the Republican Party. Where are they bitter about the election? Like, you know what? Fuck the Democrats. We're going to stick it to them. We're going to make it difficult for them. It's going to be the most painful four years uh, of their lives. Or are they thinking, oh, thank God that lunatic is gone. We can finally get some work done. Yeah. I've, I've been reading a lot of, I've been, you know, reading you a lot think, of news. And, George, yeah. do you think the Democrats are more united than the Republicans right now? No. As a team? Absolutely not. Look, I, I think there's, um, I think there's polarization within all the parties and that, Like, for example, you look at the Democrats and you look at the uh, figures like, um, uh, what's your name? Um, uh, Ocasio. Yeah, Ocasio-Cortez and like, some more left-leaning people. Uh, I would even put Buttigieg in there, maybe not that extreme, but somewhere there in the left. Yeah. And then you have, you know, the, the, the red. Classical liberal. The, the red Democrats, <laughs> right? The, yeah. that, it's such a wide, like Chris said, it's such a wide spectrum that you have uh, all these people. And the other thing about the U.S. politics is that especially compared to Canadian politics, where Canadian politics is very much managed around party lines. This is our mm. position. This is what you say. This is what you get coached to say. And everyone kind of follows the party lines. In the U.S., it's different because there are so many interests involved in each state. Each state independently is managed different. There's no centralized uh, uh, policy or centralized governance in the U.S. Like there is, but the, the, the politics... Uh, at state level are so powerful to the point where when you represent your constituents in Congress or at the Senate, your main focus are your constitu constituents and not the party line. So it's happened very often in the past where they're voting on whatever issue and you have Demo uh, Democrat uh, senators or uh, congressmen that vote against their party line because it doesn't uh, fulfill the... Um, Uh, the needs of your constituents. And you see that very often in the state. And that's, that's something I love because uh, I've seen how it works with party lines. I mean, I've been in it. It's ridiculous. You're just regurgitating lines because you need to look good in front of the media. You can't show that there's division within your party. And when that comes out, it's like almost scandalous here in Canada, right? Uh, I, think, I think also if Biden, listen, from from the looks of it, Biden Biden is, 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 is going to win this, right? From the looks of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But uh, I, th I think he has a big challenge ahead of him. I a think for him, challenge. it's, it's Look, huge. One, we don't, we, like, I, like I was saying, we don't know what's going on within the Republican Party. There are some reports that I've been hearing and reading that you have some leaders in the Republican Party, like uh, Rubio, uh, uh, Ted Cruz, and obviously Mitt Romney, uh, some important figures in the Republican Party that are much more willing to collaborate, that they came out right away Uh, criticizing Trump on his behavior and not being statesmanlike and accepting the results and closing that chapter and moving on for the greater good of the of the American people and of democracy or whatever. So you have that kind of sphere of influence, but there may very well be other people that are very loyal to the Trump legacy and they're, they're, maybe they're going to keep a grudge. The problem, and this is what a lot of analysts are projecting, is that In two years, you have midterm elections. And traditionally, the midterm elections usually favor the opposition. So they failed, the, the, the Democrats failed at securing 
uh, a certain number of seats that they wanted to get in the Senate. They got less seats in Congress, even though they have the majority. It's a very slight majority, which can be in danger in two years from now during the, midterm, mm. the midterms. And if mm. the trend continues again and the Republicans pick up the, the elections during the midterms and they win Congress and they keep the majority in the Senate, Biden is done. Like, so the first two years are going to be challenging because you don't know how we're going to mend this division and how we're going to, can we come together? Can we work together? We don't know. He doesn't have Senate. You absolutely need the Senate to govern in the U.S. He doesn't have it. So the two first years, that's a challenge. The last two years, it will all depend on what happens in the midterms. And if he loses Congress and the Senate. Yeah. And that's on the, and that's on the technicalities. And, and you know what? There's also the additional challenge is going to be that they've made Trump seem to be so inadequate, so bad, right? Catastrophe that, you know what? The Republicans are easily going to go back and say, well, you know what? He did so much bad. What have you done now? You know, did you go fix the, the communities? Did you go do that? Let's see what the tax problem is now. So, you know what? He, it's going gonna, gonna to be a difficult one. Yeah, by, the, by, that, I, by that, you fall into politics. That happens. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's that's the scenario. That's, that's textbook, sure. textbook politics. The problem but, now yeah. is can we fix the divide that has been created? Because there is. I mean, you, you can't be blind to think that everything is good in the U.S. Like, yeah, there's absolutely. Way, right? There is a divide. Uh, there is and again, we still don't know what's going to happen. The results. But guys, happen. why? Like, Put yourself in Trump's shoes right now. Dude, you're a billionaire. You have a beautiful wife. I know where you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why the hell would, like, dude, I would just say, you know what? Fuck that, man. You know what? Like, go back to your normal life. Do what you got to do. Like, no. how? I think, no, like. It, 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 no, because w when you reach that kind of stature, it's obviously maybe, and I want to, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll. Given the benefit of the doubt, maybe he, you're gonna get a lot of hate comments, bro. Be careful. You, you, no, 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 no. It's about hate. Maybe I'm giving the benefit of the doubt to think that you know, maybe deep down he thinks that I'm gonna do good for for the people, the American people, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna do this, right? Uh, George spoke well about Trump. He's a Nazi. George, George, what's going on? So maybe, maybe look. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt, and he wants to do that. I think though, deep down, is that when you reach that kind of stature. It's also another notch on your belt. Like I became president. Like I'm a I'm a, I'm a successful businessman. Yeah, but he did that. He did that for four years. He did yeah. it. Yeah, but then yeah, but once you're in there, Pano, once you're in there, it's difficult to leave politics, man. And the thing is that when you're a president or a prime minister or whatever, you you always have a deadline. You're never gonna stay there forever. Uh, eventually, no, but I mean, you give up a great life where you're still building. The guy's building and building and building and building because it's greater. So become. Yeah, because it's to great. become president to be shit on. You know what I mean? Like, like think about it. That's how ungrateful politics is, and you got to know that off the bat when you're going into like it's the first thing you should know. Like it's ungrateful. People are gonna hate you no matter what, just because. Well, pe people are gonna hate you, and some people are gonna love you. Yeah, no, but just based on ideology, you're gonna be hated. So, and especially if you're a polarizing figure as much as Trump. <laughs> So yeah. it's, it's in your head. And, and, and you know what, guys? I, I just want to talk a little bit about the coronavirus. Do you really think that mm. the coronavirus was, it was, it would have been better handled by Biden? Do you really think that? Can I answer this one quick, quick? <laughs> no. Uh, no, 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 obviously not. Yeah. Look, look, uh, there's certain things that Biden is good at. And I agree with you when you're saying that he's more of the people person to sit down, calm things down and extend the arm. I agree with you. I think he's more of a gentleman. And I think, does he have 
the right skill set? Maybe not. But I, you know what? I, I think he, he's the right personality. I, I personally think Trump is better for the U.S. as a country, but I think Biden is better for the people. Yeah. I think he's going to calm the people down and whatever. But just to answer that question, guys, it's very irresponsible. I know, I know it, it works like that, but it's very irresponsible to point a pandemic, an epidemic, any kind of disease like that on one man, all right, as if he has the whole control. You know what? You could be a dictator and shut everything down and then have zero cases, right? Or you can just let people be free and make their choices. But to go out and say Legault's fault, Trump's fault, Trudeau's fault for a pandemic that no one really has control, I think it's irresponsible and I think it's very stupid. But at the same time, Chris, it's just another crisis management situation. Yeah, and you have to blame somebody. You are the leader. You, so you, you are the leader. You have to assume it. You have to, you have to do something. You have to make I just it. wanted to answer that because, the, you know what? Yeah, I agree with George. And, but at the same time, it's like, man, you know, it's, 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 it's not anyone's fault. It's a fucking pandemic, man. You know, so <laughs> yeah. Just to clarify, Chris, just to clarify, you, you believe that Trump is better or, or in, let's say, for example, f- a foreign policy? And let's say Biden would be better for no. the oh, American okay. people within? I'm, I'm saying that the policies, the ideology behind a Trump, which is economy, flourishing, low taxes, uh, the conservative principles and tenets, I think is what America was founded on. But I it's personally, something. yeah, but I, I personally think at this time, a guy like Biden, the more open, liberal kind of thing where we're giving more freedoms, where we want to try different things, where they're more open, right, uh, could be good for the people. But at the same time, it, 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 it depends. Look, this, is, this, ideo- this battle of ideologies, left and right, has been since the 1700s. And actually, well, it was when it was actually defined, right? In the French Revolution, that's when it was defined, the left and right. That's what it comes from. It comes from the French Revolution. The right were with the king, and the left was uh, the people opposing the king. But anyway, but these kind of ideologies have been there forever. But you know what? It's like... I'm, and you know where I come from, Pano, and I, I know you believe the same way. I believe that whoever wins, you should be able to live your life. Whether it's Democrat winning or Republican winning, you have your goals, you have your dreams, you could do whatever you want in the Western world. I think the Western world is the, the trophy. I find the Western world is a success. Yeah, I, I just find that it's under attack today. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? You have countries like Russia and China, or India a little bit less, but China definitely want, wants to see the collapse. They're waiting in line. It's like, man, when is this fucking speaking US going to collapse? Chris, Chris, George, speaking of China, what's going on with Wuhan right now? Well, zero cases. Like, like, zero, that's it, man. Guys, 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 when, I was, when all this... When all this zero, negative, negative. No, listen to me. Chris, listen to this. <laughs> guys, I was in Greece in April. I was in Greece in April. I was, I was in a hotel room watching the news. And they were showing Wuhan, China. And I don't know, probably the same thing they were showing here in, 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 in Canada and the U.S. The people were just dropping like chickens, pop, on the street. And there was a white ambulance picking them up, throwing them in gonzo. What's going on now? I don't understand. France is like, England is like, like closing down. you know. It's closing down again. In, everybody's closing down? Greece closed what's, down. What's going on yeah. with Wuhan? Actually, no, Greece is closing down on Monday. Friday, they, they, right? gave, they gave no they gave the weekend oh they gave the weekend yeah. 
I think they gave but the guys, weekend. What's going on? <laughs> Hold on with Wuhan? Just parentheses because I saw images in Greece, from Greece. They said we're closing on Friday, and they're showing aerial images of people just leaving Athens, going back to the villages. They're like, "Bye, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go to the beach. I'm going to the beach." Instead of closing off the sectors, you know, you're from the big city. We don't want to infect the regions. Stay where you are. Fuck it. And you know what? If you and you know what? If you if you leave your house, you gotta send you gotta send a text message or something, and you gotta get a text message approval to leave your house. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but to answer your question, man, you know what? This these are big topics, and you you know what I've learned through all this. And what I think in general, the information age has kind of like shown us is that the more you talk with certainty, the less intelligent you are. There's there so many moving parts. There's so much uncertainty that, you know what, man? It's like a new world is forming. There's a new world. Of, uh, there's, there's a new flux of information. Things are different. Things are going to be different. A lot of changes are going to happen, whether it's through, through homeschooling, uh, different um, uh, uh, online, advent of AI. There's, the world is going to change. And the political systems are going to change. You're not going to have this democratic system. It's going to morph into something else. But it, it is strange times. But I think, I think, and I hope I'm wrong, it's going to be sad that if the best times in humanity was what we left behind now, because think about it, guys, the, after World War II, there was some good times, mm-hmm. less mm-hmm. famine, right? Yeah. Uh, obviously a little less poverty, obviously it wasn't eradicated completely, but better times, more choice, more freedom. A lot of people have been uh, lifted out of poverty, um, more consumerism, whether you think it's bad or good. Well, there's right? been advancement, eh? whether it's technology. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you know what, it, 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 is this, the best era? Did we just leave it behind us? Because a lot of people are thinking, man, the, 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 the what's coming in the future is not good. It looks <laughs> and bleak. As fathers, and as, father, as fathers, it's scary. Of course, it's, it's scary. scary. Yeah, it's scary. We, I talk about it with my wife all the time. It's like, and you know what? We're conscious of that. I try to raise him not in the world I grew up because that world he doesn't know. I'm trying to project to, to, to teach him things in his future, right? Because I cannot, I cannot whatever... A major problem is that, and we're gonna go. We're gonna derail another topic. But a major problem parents have, I'd say today, and even our parents a little bit. They they started that is that they wanted to give us what they didn't have, mm-hmm. right? And they did that, and that that gave birth to entitlement and consumerism, and not valuing things, right? Mm-hmm. And right, and then disposability. Everything's disposable. And I think we should, parents as fo- parents today, we should focus on teaching our kids what we didn't learn. So if, if you could go back in retrospect and see what you didn't learn and forget the world you're leaving behind and teach for the future, you, our kids are going to have better chances of, of doing better because the world is changing fast, man. It's changing very, very fast. Very, very fast. I, I think it's going to change so fast in the next 10 years that the next 10 years are going to be more... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for, George? More uh, eventful, let's say, than the past maybe 80,000. Really? That fast? Well, I, my, it's my opinion. It doesn't mean I, I, just, I just see the pace. The pace, guys, is sick. What does your wife think? Because she works with kids. So she sees, uh, like, what, t- tens of kids uh, every year, wherever. <laughs> uh, and yeah, 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 yeah. She has, yeah, took, well, a class. Let's say a class, yeah. 25 kids a year. Okay. Uh, like, what is her, like, look, because we're just seeing our kids, right? And I mean, we're not really exposed to, uh, 
you know, uh, how other kids are behaving? I mean, maybe you're going to take your kid to the park or maybe through. No, no, I, I, read, I read about it a lot. I'm very interested in education. I, 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 think, I think the last, I'm going to leave engineering soon and focus on societal things like this, teaching education more into a, a broader sense. But no, there's, there's That's it, awesome. yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's definitely an interesting, I think education is the future, but it won't be the way we know it. It won't be like the universities being the gatekeepers of all the information. Well, like that has you, to change too. You, you're yeah. going to be doing an engineering degree in about in a few years, maybe by like just downloading some stuff and doing it yourself, or just going and passing the test. And maybe in 50 years, it's, you're going to be downloading something directly in your brain. Yeah, the school system is so archaic right now. And there's guys, there's guys that are talking about this. Even the Sam Harris's and uh, Ben Gertzels, they're out there, man, and, and they know how to do it. They know they know how the whole infrastructure is going to be. Yeah. Now you might think it's futuristic, but it's is it? <laughs> is it? See, this is this is the part you're talking about. How scary it is because we're at that crossroads right now, right? I mean, our parents and their parents they raise their kids in a society which is pretty much similar. Go to school, okay? That's what you're going to learn, and then we're going to go yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Work farm or uh, you know come to the shop or whatever. Uh, yeah, you know, right. just very you know it was the same pattern. Same thing happened with us. You go to school uh, whenever you can. Go get a job. But now it, this is this is where it gets tricky here, because and, and uh, of course it scares me. It scares the shit out of me because we don't know what to expect. Like my uh, like our parents, they knew that okay, look, uh, go to work, and I'm gonna have kids, and my kids are gonna go go work, and that's you know how life is gonna continue. So they just copy pasted uh, the way that they were brought up with us. But Chris is right. We can't do that. <laughs> we can't do that. Listen, you, and you know what? Guys, keep... We don't even know. We don't even know in 10 years what jobs are going to exist. And you know what? There's, I'm sure there's going to be a new, new 100 jobs created in the next 50 years that we can. You, you know, okay, you know how you had the ancient Greek, right? Like he had language, he had developmental language. They went from sign language to talking and a dialect and whatever vernacular, and they were able to move forward. But there's no way Socrates could understand what an algorithm is today in Google language. He can't fathom that. He, he, he wouldn't be able to, to even imagine that that's going to happen. Well, we're today the Socrates of Greece, and we cannot imagine in 100 years what communication is going to be like, what jobs are going to be like, what the interaction, what the human interaction is going to be like. Years. Forget about 100 years. Look what happened in the last, year, in the last couple of months just yeah, with the pandemic. It, it's going it, to be sooner than that. We were talking about that before uh, we went live, uh, or uh, before we were actually talking about it downtown, where all the, the big offices are just pretty much empty. Everyone has transitioned. Everybody has thought of new ways of you know, offering jobs and doing their jobs from home, technologies, whatever, in a matter of a couple months. Yeah, yeah. And we're highly adaptive, guys. We're like, I, I, I believe in humanity. We're highly adaptive. We figure out a way. And you know what? That, that's what's been happening in history. Societies mold. They blossom. Uh, they change. They, they, they switch. They, they, they morph. And different societies are starting. And just it's just the way it is. It's just... It's part so, of life. Uh, so, so are we at a at a at a at a pivot moment? You think? Uh, uh, for change, yeah. The only con- I don't know who said it, but uh, and I like giving credit to people, but I forget his name. But the only constant is change, and change is yeah. good. But don't. But but you see, the progressives want to change too much, and progressive doesn't mean that you're you're making progress. You know what I mean? There's 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 different and. This is another topic too, but again, there's a big disparity between the advancement of technology and sociology. 
or medicine. Like medicine is, is up. Pharmaceuticals are going quick. Technology is going, but societal issues are not being solved. Yeah. You know, and then you, you could say, okay, maybe because they don't really rely on the scientific method and it's, it's, it's sociology. So it's a little bit different. Yeah, I get it. But you know what? If technology moves too fast, they're talking about a singularity point. A singularity point means that uh, technology can move so fast that from a human's perspective, we cannot understand it. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And okay. when that happens, hey, sorry, Are we there yet? Well, a lot of people are saying that's going to happen in 20, 30 years. You know, the, the, the AI experts, whatever. You have, you have a lot of guys in the space, right? Uh, you have the Chinese involved. You have uh, there's certain, there's certain, But there's certain things that are happening that I even now I don't get it. Like AI is foreign to me. I don't understand it. I, I've had yeah, a, same here. people explain it to me. I, I, I don't get it. AI is artificial intelligence. I know what it is. I know it, what it it's means. A bunch, I don't okay. understand it in its applicability. I, I just don't understand it. Well, I'll give you the first form. I'm not an expert either, but I've been reading about, a lot, reading about it a lot because it's interesting. Uh, your, your Google algorithm, your Siri, is a form of AI. Yeah. It's not as advanced. It doesn't know it's aware. It doesn't have consciousness. Yeah. But it's, it's, it could do iterations. It has a lot of computing power. No, that, uh, I, that I get. I just don't. It's very difficult for me to see how that will, how it will evolve. Of course. You know why? Because you're Socrates today. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you, you can't see 2020, man. Out of the Socrates point of view. You know what I mean? And that's what yeah. I'm saying. That's why it's so, it's unknown. It's unknown. That's why you cannot talk about good and bad. What's good and bad? What's bad? What's better for the country? <laughs> What's better for humanity? Do we want technology or are we better off going back to our roots? Like, are we going to go back to tribalism? Th those are the questions. I think those are going to be the, like, the questions uh, of the next 50 years are going to be different. We won't be asking, like, we won't be telling our kid, go to school, get good grades, uh, get married. You know what I mean? That won't be the advice. I, I don't know, man. Uh, I think maybe they won't do that. Us, we're going to be stuck somewhere in the middle. They're, 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 yeah, yeah. This internal conflict is like, what do I tell my kid now? Do I tell him, uh, forget about college, don't worry about it, it's garbage? Uh, well, it, it's like, already a lot of people are doing that. I know, but, uh, you know, fast, take yourself, fast forward, I don't know, 10 years from now when your kid is going to be entering, you know, CGIP or university. Can you imagine yourself saying, okay, you're not going, you're not, you're not going to go to school. Trust, trust that. <laughs> Fuck school. No, but uh, George, no, no. I think if your kid comes to you and says, you know what, dad, I don't think this is, this is for me, you're going to be more accepting than our parents did. Our parents says, you know what, a you're going to go. A, a little bit more accepting, but at the same time, and we don't know how things are going to evolve, right? If, yeah. if it's happening now, if I was at that stage now, I'd be, uh, I'd be in conflict with myself. I'd be like, oh, what am I doing now? Is this the right thing? Because we're still there. We don't know. Uh, you know but in, that's what it is. It's constant in change, head, man. In your, in your head, you're thinking, uh, just get the degree. Get the degree. You know what I mean? That's where we are now. Maybe, maybe in 10 years from now, I'll have changed my mind. I'm so not there. I'm so not there. Me too. There's Me too. no way I'm going to push my kid to go get a degree and be in a job for 40 years that he hates. That's for sure. That's for sure not happening. Not, not push your kid, but... Just have and, that little noise in the back of your mind. And, and, to, and, and to answer your question, George, to answer your question, because you said what we talk about uh, with Alex being a teacher and coming across, you know what? The, 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 biggest, the biggest observations are within the parents, yeah. right? That, that's what you observe the most because that's, that's how you get, you get the reactions. You get, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's crazy how parents still think that grades is the most important thing. Right.
you know? You st- it, it, yeah, but it, it's not like it was back, let's say, 10, 20, 30 years ago. You really think, you think people still have that mentality about grades? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to tell you. It's like people still think really? that's... Yeah, yeah. And, and you know... So from Alex's perspective as a teacher, what does she think? Does she think grades are important? Or she, she thinks that's how the system is. No, no, she, she does. Look, I don't want to talk for her, but from the discussions we've had, she, obviously grades are important. It's just it's not the most important. Obvi- the grade is a result. So the grade is a result, so you cannot focus on it because it's a result. So what you want to do is you want to focus on the things that will get you the good grade, because which is the many, good habits. Yeah. It's the writing in the agenda. How many studying. times, think about it, how many times did it happen to you that you busted your ass to study everything by heart just so you can ace that exam? The minute that exam was written, you forgot everything. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't that student, though. I wasn't that student. I was. I was. I've been. I've been. I, I was. I was a. Ba- I was the best and the worst student in the world. <laughs> I could. I could go in, listen to one class, and get a hundred. I've gotten a hundred and five. I've gotten a hundred and five out of a hundred, and I can go and be in the whole class, the whole semester, not skip a class, and get a fifty. <laughs> in college, I did organic chemistry four times. I don't remember the grades exactly because it's been a long time. But the first time I, I failed it with a 55. The second time I failed it with 36. The yeah. first time I failed it with a 55. The second time I did the same class, I failed it with a 36. You just didn't care. You, yeah, I just didn't care. The, 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 the third time I got like fucking 40 something. I was like, what the fuck's going on? And then finally I did it on a Saturday. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pass this, this fucking class. And I got like a 98. <laughs> yeah. So I was that kind of student. But uh, you're right, George. And you know what? I think people are understanding that you cannot have the education system built on memorization. It's more about skill set, um, emotional intelligence, obviously intellectual quotient, right? You, you, you're going to get the IQ going, but it's habits. It's, it's understanding but your have, environment. We've had this conversation before. It's very difficult when you have a classroom of 20 kids to, to find that one common way of teaching and grading when one kid is more artistic, the other kid is more uh, scientific, the other kid is more, uh, let me follow and I'll learn. Another kid is more, I need to study. They're more visual. So at some point, I guess the school system had to kind of break it down and say, look, this is what it's going to have to be, right? So, but yeah, but you, but you know, know what you're doing? Alternative schools where they grab the kids' attention and they regroup them in there. So it. It, it'll be interesting to see the results of that because they're still relatively new. Uh, but it's happening, man, because you're, you're alluding to the different. You're alluding to the different intelligence that exists. I'm, I'm looking at it from the from the from the systemic point of view where you're trying to run a, an a, an establishment, an institution, and you're thinking we need one centralized way of progressing from one year to the next. What is but, it? But that's why the premise is wrong. Of course. Because, because the, the premise starts off wrong. Because it, doesn't, it doesn't cater to everyone's individual. That's right. Intelligence. Because yeah. you, you, have, you have arithmetic intelligence, intellectual intelligence, you have financial intelligence, kinesthetic intelligence, artistic intelligence. You have different things. So what are you going to do? You're going to put one teacher or three teachers, right, for 25 different kids, to try and push what? And that's how standardization came along. It's like, you know what? He needs to do this before he goes here. Then he needs to have this. And that's, we know, we know today that that's not the best way of doing it. And that's, we still, that, we that, st- that, we st- that is the our result. Our school system having, is still based on that. Exactly. Because there's, there's 80 year lag. If you study educational systems, it, it's 80 years behind. Yeah. And, and what it does is like. What's the point of view from the teacher's perspective? Like when you talk to Alex, 
what's the what's the, what's the um, uh, I can't talk for her, man, because on no, a lot I of things we think we think different. No, but her as a teacher, does she see these things and does she think that it doesn't work? It's just not working. We we challenge each other a lot because I I, I teach at an older level. Yeah. And uh, I, 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 I see the mistakes. I see the mistakes that the the, the primary school did. Yeah. I get I get it's students that system. Yeah, I get students that are like, we walk into to make an exam and they're stressed out. They're sweating. <laughs> I never I, guys after an exam room, the temperature is up by two three degrees. <laughs> That's a problem. You know why? Because it's it's based on fear of getting mistakes, and. You're, you're both entrepreneurs. You're both running businesses, right? And you know that you got to make mistakes in order to learn and tweak. And, and that's how you succeed. You succeed by failing a few times. So if the idea of failing is bad, right? And that idea is inculcated into the mind, guess what you're doing? You're constantly striving for kind of a pseudo-perfectionist world. You're always striving for grades and you're relying on memorizing to get that grade, and then you, like you said, George, you move on, and then you ask, so, uh, so, what is what is that theory, and how do we do that? And they don't that, know. But Chris, that's that's exactly the reason why I, I think once you finish school, even university, college, whatever, it you're not programmed to be an entrepreneur at all. You're programmed absolutely not to work, be working for somebody else. But Pano, also the fact yeah. that when you go study entrepreneurship, and I know people at Concordia that teach entrepreneurship that have no idea. About running, but that's what I'm. But George, entrepreneurship, yeah. in, even at the university level, is not true entrepreneurship. It's yeah. it's 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 being an intrapreneur. How to be an intrapreneur in your business, yeah. But in somebody else's business, that's what I'm yeah, saying. That's right. Not yeah, even, not yeah. not an entrepreneur within your business. So it's, I, I think, oh man, this is a, a, a topic, guys. That I'm, guys, I'm this is. Pano, we could go three hours on this. Four, easy. Yeah, you know, like John Molson, like we, I, we graduated John Molson School of Business. I graduated John Molson School of Business. Dude, that's not a business school. That is not a business school. <laughs> no, but don't, wait, school. wait, don't forget, don't forget. No, the John Molson School of Business teaches people to go work in other people's businesses that other entrepreneurs have already started. Okay, I agree with you. Yes, yeah. you're right. That's what it is. The entrepreneur starts from scratch. There's very little laws. There's a lot of uncertainty, and you're going step by step, and you're getting a lot. You're getting a lot of uh, uh, obstacles, and you got to go through them. And then you know what? If you do succeed, and that's why the risk reward is very high. Yeah. The guy who goes for the security starts off higher, but never grows. The guy who goes for the risk, the entrepreneur, has a high risk. And he could lose everything. But if he does succeed, the, the sky's the limit. Big, yeah. That's right. Yeah. But you know what? And, and, and this is my biggest complaint about, about the school system is it doesn't prepare you for life at all. Zero. At all. Zero. But it's all not. Right. It, it, it was an industrial idea that you had to put quickly people in front of knowledge in order to prepare them for uh, an industrial boom. A results-oriented... Uh, exactly. You had to prepare masses very, very quick for the industrial boom because they needed labor. Now, guys, think about it. Guys, it, 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 everything is, is, is relevant. The Stone Age had certain criteria. Agrarian age, right, with the agriculture. Then the industrial age. Today, we're in information age. Today, in the information age, what does it mean? Information is everywhere. So information doesn't have value. It's abundant. 
you could Google anything. So why would I charge information? That's why people give free content because it's not value. Value is applied information, applied knowledge. And then the yeah. next era is going to be AI, which is going to be different. So you cannot teach your kids industrial principles when they're going to be ready to face not even the information age. They're going to be ready to face uh, the AI age or whatever they're, they're going to call it. Yeah. You guys, I'm telling you, it's like I, I, it's, it's things are behind. It's, you know, it's just crazy because we don't understand what is coming. I think that's what Pano was saying. It's like there's, there's the fear that settles as a parent where you're trying to raise your kids the best way possible, but you don't know to what you're raising them for. Yeah, but that, that, and that's where values are important yeah. because you're not raising specifically or you're not targeting something specifically, but if you build the right base, the foundation, right? Yeah. The foundation, right? And then at the same time, you, you 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 teach your kids how to dream as well, right? Sorry, I almost lost my battery, guys. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. And you teach them how to dream the right way. Uh, it's a pretty good combination yeah. for whatever world it is. And that's why I disagree with parents that help their kids. You can't help your kids. You gotta help your kids help themselves. Right. You know what I mean? So they could yeah, face teach him, things. Teach them to, teach teach, them to fish. Uh, to, yeah, yeah. Don't give don't them fish, fish for them. Stop fucking giving people fish, man. And you, because you, you know, know what happens? Guys, you know what happens when you give people fish? The bucket gets full, and then when the fish is not there, it's like, where's my fish? Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? My I, I have my mother was somebody that would be more like, go, go, go ahead. You want to go fish? Go fish. I want to go. Go, I believe in you. I trust you could fish. Go do it. And then my dad was somebody who was like, no, no, no. Where do you fish? I'm going to fish for you. I'll, I'm going to catch that fish. And I see in today as an entrepreneur, it's like as if my mom helped me more than my dad. My, my dad being protective, wanting to do it himself for me, right? And then you had my mom. No, no, go. I trust you. Go, go. You, you go do it. Yeah, I, I believe in you. I trust in you. You know what I mean? And I think that mentality, guys, is is really important moving forward. Any 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 child that comes and tells you, no, I'm go do it i trust you go do it you know run into errors make mistakes make mistakes make, make you know mistakes. what Pe people don't make enough mistakes they're because it's that they're, fear they're they're dude mistakes you don't understand thing. Eh? it's always been the yeah. wrong thing to do make it's always been the wrong thing to do. and you know what it's the it's the best thing to do obviously you got to be careful because you can cost companies money <laughs> you know you, you got to be careful how many mistakes you make but at the same time it's risking and not being afraid to make them and uh even the way you correct, I changed the way I correct. I used to correct minus, 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 minus. And I, so I used to, to, to focus on the negative. I correct plus now. So I don't look for the errors. I write all the pluses. I write all the good stuff. That's good Obviously, the grade, the grade is the same. But when I present it to the student, it's different. And I get a lot of feedback. I talk with my, 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 my students a lot. I get a lot of... Uh, feedback from them. I interact with them because I try to help them. I don't just teach them to teach them. I, I try to help them with everything. And I do give them the extra nuggets that they need. But you see that the damage that the, the uh, hey, look, guys, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to blame all of the world's problems in a flawed yeah. educational system and, and a flawed uh, political system. That's all we're trying to say here. But it should change. It should adapt. It should adapt because it's behind. And people coming out of school today are not equipped. And the other thing that it does is it gets people stuck in jobs for the rest of their lives that they hate. 80% of the people work in jobs they hate. That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah.
And you know what? Mm-hmm. Most people, most people are underpaid, right? Overworked. And most, and I've said this before, and this is, I think from, I heard from Les Brown, I think, and he said, it's brilliant what he said. He said, most people will work just enough not to get fired, right? And get paid just enough not to quit. And once you stay in that little balance, that's called complacency yeah. and no magic the, happens there. The there's, there's no, the rat, there's no magic there. Yeah. And that, that's a problem. And that's, that's a result or a symptom of our school systems. And that's changing, guys. Guys, I'm telling you, it's changing. If you listen to the guys, the, the, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of bullshit. There's a lot of bad stuff, but there's a lot of good stuff online. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You can get to hear, like, really good, and not just pundits. You can and hear, I wish, like, And I wish we had that one. I wish we had that. Like, honestly, growing up, imagine now your kids that have all these, uh, uh, these Les Browns of the world, right? These Zig Ziglers. Back then, you would put a, a, a tape to listen to them in your car. Now, dude, you have them on your phone. So yeah. it's, it's, it's... I'm planting the seeds, though. I'm planting the seeds. I'm planting the seeds constantly. I'm, yeah. I, that, 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 my effort is, is on, the, on the seeds and on the habits. I'm very conscious of all the stupid shit I did. Uh, yeah. Come on, I'm very Chris. Con- you didn't do anything, yeah. Chris, you didn't do anything stupid. Come on. Uh, no, nothing. So, and then I'm conscious of that. And you know what? It's like, I don't try to control. I don't try to live vicariously through my kid. Uh, I don't, I'm not a parent like that. I'm actually, I keep my distance. But I try to give the right values. But it is a different world, man. So you cannot operate from the old world. And that's the message for parents. And most parents are obviously operating from the old world because that's what they learned. And you said it, George, before, right? You said it. Our, our parents, our parents, they did a copy and paste. So what, what is it? It's like, it, because and, it was still that time. And it wasn't only that. It was, it, yeah, it was that time. It was a copy and paste model. But at the same time, it was like, okay, you know what? They'll do better than me. So you know what, with, the, with a structured way of living that I'm going to teach my kid, he's going to get a better result than me, and I'm going to be happy. Do you, guys, do you guys think that parents back then gave kids more attention than the parents in, today, like in today's time? You know what's amazing, man? Just Sorry, man, a little thing. Bro, it's amazing how this morphed into you interviewing us. Bro, it's fucking amazing. <laughs> Bro, it's amazing. It's so nice. No, it's, it's very nice, man, because you, you want to hear the answers. We, we we've had this. Fucking love it. We, we've love had it. this conversation before. I think it's a mix of. Uh, bro, we got a new we got a new member, bro. That's it. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's a mix of it's a mix of both. I think. Um, and actually, the, the question is, how much attention is good, and uh, you know, the the lack of attention, how bad is it? I mean, as a parent, you want to give the most attention possible, but if you're giving too much attention. Are you taking away something from the kid? Uh, I don't know. I, that's I, not what I meant, George. I think, I, I think that our parents, or I'm going to say our dads. <laughs> I'm not going to say our parents. Our dads, I think, gave us less attention than we give today to our kids. Yeah, that's for sure. But I think, I think when our dads did yeah. give us attention, our dads were there 100%. In other words, they were focused lasered in to the attention that they were giving you it might not have been a lot of attention we probably give more attention uh, uh, quantity wise but i don't know if we give quality wise yeah. as our parents gave yeah. I, don't, that, I, I don't know if that, that makes sense that is a good point yeah. and, uh, and you know what um i think we said this before or no this is when we did a a show with nick i think that we never aired i <laughs> 
No. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. 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 With a, with a quality quantity. That was one of the questions. Yeah. Yes. It's, um, uh, I think kids need both, bro. I, I, I think the, the delusional parent is the one that says my kid, I give him, uh, I don't give him a lot of time, but I give him one hour solid, you know? Yeah. I think they need both. They need quality and they need quantity. It's funny that you bring this up because on, on my other podcast, I had this, um, this guy a crazy story this kid came from haiti uh he was a gang member he was involved with all this criminal activity like it's crazy and his explanation was that he never had his father's attention he never had that validation he never had that sense of love from his what, 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 what did you say his what the validation or no 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 Wait, what, what, what do you say it was his what his explanation yeah, I didn't want to say his excuse, like his explanation. No, don't, don't say excuse. It's not an explanation. This is scientifically proven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lack of a father figure. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. so, yeah, and it's just crazy because the way I see it, it's just such, such a simple thing, right? Because, I don't know, maybe it's the way we've been raised or it's the way we're raising our kids. Uh, like there's no, there's no moment in my mind that i can go out a day without hugging my kids or kissing them or just really like you know overdoing it with love like i don't know that's just do how you, I, do you, I i don't know guys i don't know about you guys but i definitely kiss my kids more than our parents kissed oh, kiss me. Like, me, Dude, yeah. forget it yeah, yeah. yeah my relationship with my dad is amazing i love the guy i know like we have a great relationship but uh we have hugs but I don't think I've ever said sorry, never thank you, things like shit, shit like that doesn't exist. I'm sorry no, and no. thank you and I love you and my house didn't, didn't exist. Like, the, <laughs> like I, you know, I never told never, <laughs> never, fucking never, never. It was no, always like, you know, it was always like, a, I know we feel it. Yeah. Go, go, go along now. Yeah. Yeah. No, but you never hugged not, your dad. To hug, yeah, to yeah, hug yeah, yeah. Him, I love you. The, 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 no, I love you, no. Hug, yeah. But it, the I love you would be like, that, that, that meant that meant I love you. You understood. <laughs> you, you understood. You understood. But my it, mom, yeah, it's different. It's different. But, my mom. But to go back, I mean, this kid was like he he avoided death. Like I don't know how many times, right? And he turned it around. He was in jail. He was all the, like just troubled youth, right? He turned around. Uh, he finally uh, went after what he always wanted to do, and his father always avoided him from doing, which was boxing and martial arts. He has his own school, and he has all these programs now that are cater to keeping kids off the street and kind of you know showing them the right path and uh good for him uh, good for and him. you know what george amazing, I, 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 beginning. amazing guy and he has a book actually uh that just came out that's why i brought him on the podcast that book every parent should read it every parent should read it uh and uh just amazing guy and it comes back to that the fact that he never felt that acknowledgement from his father and yeah. uh, his father just never gave him that okay Go do what you want to do. You you like boxing. You like martial arts. Let me bring you to a school. Let, let's you know. Yeah, and it's the support too, man. And you know what? The scientific studies. You know what they point out? Pointed out to. They pointed out the fact that because there's no role model, because of the absence of a role model, you're gonna go find it somewhere else eventually because yeah. it's innate. That's his argument. That's his man. Exactly. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have to go find that role I'm model. Gonna, I'm gonna plug it right here. His name is Ali Nestor. Moi, Ali Nestor, Petit Prince de la Rue. Um, amazing book. Like every yeah. every parent should read this book. Uh, in fact, so, I think uh, so give us give us a copy. Go buy us a copy and send it to us. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, Pano, no, Pano is not like. Yeah, I agree. 
I think even kids, I think even kids should actually read this book just so they can understand what what's at risk. More kids should be reading. They're not reading enough, guys. You know what? Yeah. They're not re- people are reading enough. A lot of people think because they read uh, 15 articles on Facebook that they read. No, that's not reading. That's, that's not, not reading. That's not reading. Are you referring to George that reads articles? No, no, articles? no. I'm talking, George I'm reads a lot of articles. I'm talking generally. I'm talking generally. Not so much anymore. Not so much anymore. And uh, ta- it's a good thing, but you know, it's a good and a bad thing. I don't know. I don't know. You, 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 it has to go deeper because, like, because you're not thinking. A lot of people thinking. A lot of people think that thinking is just thinking, and it's not. Thinking is not rehashing what you already know. Thinking is like challenging what you think and see if another idea makes sense. No. Like it, t- it takes the discipline to ponder somebody else's opinion, right? Because you think you have all the answers. That's thinking. But to sit there and rehash what you know in your mind, that's not thinking. That's just rehashing. And, <laughs> and even and reading and taking actual notes, like sitting down, reading, yeah, not yeah, just yeah, reading, yeah. reading, just reading and taking notes. You know what I, mean? I see. I see with my students, man. I, I, guys, I've learned a lot from teaching, guys. I'm serious. A lot of it, obviously, I read articles and I wanted to get better as a teacher. But there's, you learn a lot. And I see from kids, you know that no kid thinks, you know what I do every class, every first class? I tell my kids, pretend you're going to all take notes. I say, I don't care if you don't like taking notes, you're all taking notes. Notes are very important. And I go, pretend that I'm writing six numbers for 649. I go to them, would you rely on your memory or would you just take a pad and start writing the, the, the numbers down? What yeah. would you do? That's a good one, yeah. Yeah, good yeah. and it's like, oh, okay. It's sounds okay. And they start doing it. And you, you, you see, I just taught them something. What I taught them there is more important than, than, than the theory or the ventilation breathing rate or whatever we learned. You know what I mean? That's not important. But taking down the notes because you're going to forget 85% of what I'm going to say, well, now we saw that because I record everything. So I put everything online. But think about it. It's, it's the little things. Yeah. Notes are, is very important, man. Notes, I think, changed my life. I have... I have Thousands of papers of notes. Thousands. Can you read them? I read them. One, yeah. Every time, I, yeah. Every time I go back, yeah. Of course, I read them. I always read them. But I'm just saying that, like, very close to chicken scratch. It's just lines. <laughs> no, he's, he, you, know, you got a good handwriting, Chris. From what I recall. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's all right. It's all right. But now I do it electronically too. But I'm not as good. I'm not as fast. Yeah. All right, guys. We're gonna end it right over there. Um, Thank you all so much for tuning in. We appreciate it. Uh, again, uh, go and follow us, subscribe on all the platforms. <laughs> uh, we appreciate And again, uh, let me just remind you that, you know, we're trying to make this a lot more interactive. So keep sending us uh, your questions, things that you want us to discuss and to talk about. Uh, there are some questions, that are coming, <laughs> by the way, and uh, we've seen them and we are going to uh, start talking about those things because they're very interesting topics. Uh, Pano, what was that, man? Make uh, extra virgin olive oil great again. Pano's Amazing. A product. Uh, it's called Molon Lave Olive Oil. If you guys want, you can uh, definitely go get it. I've uh, tried it, man. Actually, I, I, I tried it. It's really good. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. So yeah, it is really good. We'll get your hands on that, uh, uh, on that beautiful product. Thanks again, guys. And we will see you all in the next episode. Ciao.